2: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and
0: a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which
3: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
4: From the center of galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this
1: is one of our News and Cues episode. This week, we actually have both the cues, questions, and the news. That's news. So I'm very excited to dive into it all with you, Ken.
4: Very exciting indeed. And thank you all, four Center listeners. It's all of you. Thank you, Four Center friends, for uh, letting us uh, get out, travel, pre-record some episodes, get some things out. Even me forgetting, that, well, not forgetting, I tried to promote. But on the mountain, you don't have internet. And I couldn't get a link out. You guys have been so supportive. As always, we appreciate that. So before we dive into all that and Star Wars Adventures, uh, we are going to let you know that uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at Audibletrial.com slash four Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And Joseph, we're still telling you about this other deal.
1: That's right. We are still telling you about Inside Editions. They are a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books. They are offering 35% off across their website uh, with a special Force Center code to get your discount. You can enter the coupon code FC35 or you can visit the website with this link, InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC-35, and we are continuing to recommend the great Insight editions book, Secrets of the Jedi. There are many books to check out, not just Star Wars, but also Game of Thrones, all sorts of different pop culture, but we love this Secrets of the Jedi, and we are getting very, very close to the companion book coming out, Secrets of the Sith. So join us in learning all those secrets uh, with the code FC-35.
4: Can't wait to learn all them secrets, so learn those secrets with us there. Uh, before we get to news, we always uh, catch up on Star Wars Adventures, and yeah, we've both been uh, wonderfully busy. Like I'm blessed to be busy, both with work and, and travel, and I, I know you feel the same way, Joseph, uh, even if there's sometimes exhausting moments, but then that's why you get away, <laughs> and your phone can't get to the internet, and all you have to do is just to stare out out the wilderness. So that's part of my Star Wars Adventures and Life Adventures this week. What about you, sir?
1: Yeah, I think we had some uh, some similar in spirit Star Wars in life adventures. A uh, Big thing for me, why we pre prerecorded uh, last week is my wife and I took a trip to Sequoia in Kings Canyon National Parks. We actually stayed in the Sequoia part of the National Park. This was a trip that my wife very kindly planned, and I kind of, I like National Park, big trees. That's all I knew, <laughs> and it was a really nice, there's a lot of just kind of uh, very Star Wars philosophy that I took uh, into this vacation with me, and one of them was, I'm just going to be in the moment. I know we're going to see some big trees. (laughs) I know we're staying in a motel, and that's it. And I'll figure out the rest when I get there and be in the moment. And one of the things that I didn't ask the right questions or have the knowledge is that uh, we would be staying on a mountain at 7,000 feet elevation. (laughs) So that was a nice, fun surprise. And uh, that we had also known ahead of time that the wireless was real spotty. And that was so great, honestly, to just... be forced to take a break you know it works kind of okay in our hotel room and other than that when we're out on the trails or looking at the big trees it was just like let it go let it go turn off your targeting computer and your twitter box it was that part of it was so great and uh the whole thing was you know if people are not uh anybody not familiar with this uh national park up in the mountains a huge trees uh the sequoias in particular these 2000 year old giants uh ton of rocks places where the rocks and the trees have merged together so they look like they're one flowing organic thing bunch of animals everywhere i saw bats the bear on the road just a ton of just uh a beauty in nature i saw actual stars uh, at night yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> i saw the actual milky way and i just i looked up and was like wow the starfield is as dense as it's portrayed in the clone wars animated series that's that's very accurate uh so it was all just really, really great, really relaxing for the soul, totally exhausting for the body. (laughs) Uh, So I also kind of uh, thought about that from that perspective. I like that some of the the books really make clear that like um, this idea that channeling the force is exhausting to your crude matter, to your, your physical Mm -hmm. being. Uh, So I was saying like, yeah, no, I'm being a good Jedi because hiking in these trees and mountain at 7,000 feet is, it's really restful for my soul. And utterly exhausting for my body
4: yeah it's like you're getting you have to be broken to be healed <laughs> kind of philosophy like that.
1: yeah exactly exactly um yeah and then the the other big kind of star wars thing of it all is the the sequoias and again i'm sure a ton of listeners who know this and i'm just like i just went to a national park and now i'm suddenly an expert here's my slideshow ah. um the sequoias are these uh, you know thousand-year-old giants this uh, orangeish reddish auburn bark um but their life cycle is totally dependent on fire they need to be burned in order for their pine cones to open and they can be scarred and wounded by fire uh but they uh, have these like air pockets in the bark that you know basically puts the the fire out there's you know tannins uh, that resist uh burning um So the practical implication of that is that all these different sequoias are like, they look like these untouchable giants that are going to be there forever. And then they all have their own unique fire scars because they get like totally burned and then the bark regrows around them. And it was just so, it it was like, you could play with a metaphor from 800 different directions. It was just one of those moments where like, oh yeah, just the reality of nature, that's where a lot of these uh, metaphors, a lot of the storytelling come from. And it was such a Looking at those giant sequoias, it was very much a lot of the kind of Star Wars storytelling that that you and I like, that we've talked about a lot of like, those sequoias looked like Luke and the Last Jedi to me of like,
4: yeah,
1: yeah, I've been burned, but that's part of the journey. And you keep growing and you keep figuring it out, you know?
4: Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I I have uh, not specifically been to that area, I don't think ever. I've been around, I used to go to Yosemite all the time, kind of up in the same direction, same uh, same thing, but I, I've not seen that uh, the sequoias up close, which I intend to correct, especially after what you're saying. Uh, that's wonderful and and, and truly, uh, you know, organic versus uh, you know mechanical, all those things yeah, we talk about. You love <laughs> celebrating in you. you get to experience that up, up, etc. The rock and tree combo sounds like some kind of fantasy character that helps you along, like never ending story nine <laughs> or something.
1: Yes, uh, I got some wisdom from the rock tree, and then the path opened. Yeah.
4: The nature's Bendu is uh, there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it it was uh, great to reconnect with nature and really just great to reconnect with um, that, that all these ideas that are, that are baked into these stories that, you know, they, they really probably come from, you know, real experiences, real things. Um, Yeah. And I, I realized probably the, the only bad Star Wars adventure because I, I was getting ready at the last minute. I was like, I can take some Star Wars stuff. Uh, so I, I took a, one of my Chewie action figures and I realized I don't have an Ewok action figure to bring to the big woods. And I oh. need to correct this problem in my life.
4: Mm. Mm, yeah, we're going to have to. I could have sent you with a Tebow and <laughs> <then> I would have <laughs> been like, please don't take it out of the package. So, yeah, well, yeah, we're going to have to do that.
1: I'll I'll keep Tebow in prison. Don't worry. Don't worry. But uh, yeah, I'll uh, look into uh, some some good Ewok action figures. So that was my woods adventure and life Star Wars adventure. How about you?
4: It's kind of the same. I uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. I am. I'm taking another trip, but we've got some other kind of scheduling stuff going on here with the force center because I have to go to the human forest that is Las Vegas. Uh, (laughs) uh, Not have to. I'm choosing to go uh, for some comedy, but also some relaxation. And I actually really love Las Vegas. I'm one that can relax in the middle of thousands of people hopefully mostly vac- vaccinated or masked we'll see about that uh I'm carefully gonna do this trip uh, um, I, I can relax on that but I do love nature uh, I, I don't love camping in it I love getting back to the cabin or hotel or inn or cottage uh, but I love going up and we took kind of an unexpected trip Grace and I to Lake Arrowhead which is uh, uh, it's so funny it's listed about 80 miles out of downtown LA it's another country it's <laughs> right. It's- It took three hours to get there, all that kind of thing. Labor Day weekend, you go up the hills. Uh, But once you're there, you know, we were there for exactly 24 hours. Got there at four on Saturday, left four on Sunday. And it felt like two or three days to just sit, relax, uh, stare out onto the lake and watch people have fun from a distance. Uh, Saw a chipmunk, you know, didn't get to see a bear in the road. Heard some coyotes, but nice chipmunk living under the chair uh, uh, stairs when I took uh, Baxter out for the uh, the old doggy potties. But um, just the ability to just relax, uh, turn off your mind, like you said, and just kind of be in the wilderness, hear the sounds, going, on, you know, even a little walking path. We didn't do a lot of hiking, but you just you could just feel you feel the energy you feel it there. And, and it's hard for a Star Wars fan to not think of Endor. You just you cannot you cannot know what you cannot. You failed to make a reference. It's in your mind. You talk about it. I was trying to convince in vain to uh, Grace, my partner, to let me bring my full-sized wicket <laughs> have a photo shoot. There
1: <laughs> There you go. That's the yeah. the Star Wars photo shoot in the woods that yeah. is necessary. She's
4: absolutely not. She says, what's that going to look like? Uh, we're going to have an Ewok strapped into the backseat of a car as we're driving up? At the... uh, yeah, that's exactly what it would be.
1: <laughs> it's big enough that yeah. it won't even fit in a car
4: seat, so that's good. Yeah, it could be, you know, I could have taken it myself and used it as carpool uh, if I wanted to be a Rapscallion. Uh, yeah, anyway, same, same thing. Same kind of thing. I don't have any... Uh, I, I wasn't out amongst the big trees, but uh, some big enough trees and uh, got to feel the same thing. And it's and it's nice. And, you, you know, you, I feel very fortunate uh, to have the opportunities. I know you do as well. Uh, we're hardworking fools. We never stop you and I. We're, we're, we're part of that oak. that's like, go, 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 work, work, work. <laughs> and it's nice when not only nature, but just technology is even like, no, nah, we're shutting off the Internet. Even if it looks like you have it, you don't. You got to concentrate on other things. Yes, it is.
1: Just like nature, uh, like reaching out into your hand and going, "Shh, no, you don't need to type. <laughs> <laughs> let it go. Let it go.
4: Promoting this podcast episode will not get you any more listens now as... To later. You're gonna be
1: like, it's supposed to later. It'll be fine later. Well, sometime uh, you and I and your Ewok should uh, go to the woods and, oh. and not be on the internet. That'd be fun. I would love that. I would. Love and that. then we'd end up recording episodes. We probably would. Yeah, we probably would.
4: Yeah, Four yeah. center and live in the forest. Force <laughs> uh, center now with nature sounds. Yeah, I saw. You know, it's just I saw some great photos that you had uh, taken. It. Well, Sarah probably took of you. Uh, I would think, uh, uh, unless you set up a weird tripod. Uh, <laughs> nope. All and Sarah. All Sarah. And they're great shots. And it's like, I can't help but look at that and, and think, the, oh, that's some great branding. Just got some great forest branding. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a sickness. It's a sickness.
1: We took a lot of photos. There are some times where I just, I really did have to say, like, I, this part, I'm not, I'm going to take photos with my mind like they did in olden times. Cause yeah, you want to capture everything and you
4: can't, you know. You can't, you can't, you can't. Uh, speaking of capturing anything, you can't capture all the news except for this week. There's not a lot of news. So <laughs> it's kind of a weird transition, but it, it, it's where we're at. Uh, yeah, let's get things, into it. Let's get into some news here. And some things, look, there's some little stories out there. We always say here at Four Center, if if it gets too spoilery or it's about a show, an upcoming show, and it's concept art or a set photo, more often than not, we just kind of don't want to discuss it. Uh, Not for any big stance on our part, but just we want to kind of be surprised to take a lot of things in as they come out. Officially through official channels or just in the show themselves, so uh, that news some some little tidbits are out there if you want to look. Uh, we understand, but we're not going to be covering it here today. So we've got a new gameplay trailer for *Galaxy's Edge: Last Call*. This is that uh, uh, ILM X Lab uh, game. That's uh, part three. This is the last version of it. Doc Ondor, you got Bobby Moynihan as the the bartender sending you out on missions. Uh, we've talked a lot about this we've gotten ready for this game but now we got some gameplay so any highlights you took from that
1: joseph oh, it was it was really fun to watch the trailers because that's uh how i am going to interact for this right now because i do not mm-hmm. have the the technology
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: uh to play this game but but the trailer was really really fun and there were some just great lines in it, it you know the, the great exciting gameplay uh that you're like oh wow yeah okay i get to the fantasy of kind of being a bounty hunter and and going down a, a darkened hallway trying to take out uh people trying to take out me oh you get to go to a little lightsaber dojo type space a training space that, that all looks like so fun but there were a couple uh fun lines I, I the uh the bartender there saying you're never too old to be a student that was nice to hear yeah <laughs> i was like thanks for the validation um and then in that little jedi training section uh, a voice of clearly one of the teachers said remember a jedi defends and then uh the the character response i remember <laughs> And it just really cracked me up because it was so like, I don't know if the way you said, I remember, I don't know if you really heard if that really absorbed deep or you were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Defense. Give me the lightsaber. (laughs) That's kind of me.
4: Would you want to turn the training off? Get on the horse. (laughs) Yeah. I'll figure it out. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Same for me. I don't own this system. Uh, You know, one day. Sure. Great. I'd love to. uh, I'd love to. One of the highlights for me is when they, uh, they're like, Oh, and there's, there's a lot of different surprises around here, and it's like a one of the little uh, BB-8 uh, type of toys you can get at Galaxy's Edge and Build at the uh, robot center there the droid center. And I just, uh, I w- I'd love to experience that there someday in my home. Uh, but I, you know, little uh, uh, action moments. There was uh, uh, shooting the blasters, you know, when you got them in your hand and that 3D look. And that's kind of fun and crazy and kind of prompted uh, one of our follow-up questions here we're going to touch on. But I also love that in terms of like just simple Star Wars design, this character, this Lieutenant Gage character voiced by uh, Damon Mills, uh, we got the First Order Stormtrooper thing, but he's got the two like red pauldrons and then his helmets kind of framed with red over the white and black of the normal Stormtrooper helmets. And I, you know, I just in terms of Stormtrooper designs, simple, I kind of liked it. And I wonder if uh, you will know, we'll see that anywhere else at any point in Star Wars storytelling. Yeah no I
1: I love the uh ongoing need to uh make troopers you know look uh slightly different right so that yeah. they're still fitting in with uh the sort of monotony of mm-hmm. the uh the first Order slash order/empire but like yeah. is that a is that a normal thing to have two pauldrons or is just like cages is like I got to be seen I'm I, going double pauldron
4: I think it is like right, I kind of like it's like, it's like someone didn't help. Like no one told him like, this is too much, dude. This is too much. He's like, yeah, no, let me just, uh, uh, let me, it's like, it's like pro wrestling. Put, put more spikes on and a cape. Why? Because you just need a spike cape. Yeah. Come on, what are you going to do? I like that. Yeah. Like seeing the uh, IG-88, uh, of course, voiced by Reese Darby from Fly the Concords and many other great things where werewolves, not swearwolves. Uh, love seeing that. And, uh, it, it, it's, um, any thoughts on IG-88 being involved? We talked a little bit about it, but it kind of reminded me again that this that character's in this game. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I like that
1: he's still kicking in this era,
4: right? Yeah. Yeah, which is weird because uh, I'm a little behind again on the Bounty Hunter comic and the War of the Bounty Hunters. I'm like, are people dropping in that one? I don't know. You know, i <laughs> one
1: yeah no ig8 has such a great history in our imaginations but particularly a legacy in video games so i hope he's just scary as hell uh the way he was way back in the day in the shadows of the empire n64 game
4: that's a great point there um so here's the here's the follow-ups and watching this and watching that little scene where you're holding two blasters and it looks like you're in the fight i kind of had that like oh yeah, yeah that's great yeah i've seen that 50 times this week right in games and TV shows, whatever. We're, we're blessed by this wonderful era of technology that's only getting better and better and better. I, I had this thought, Joseph, what would you have thought if, if you saw this trailer as a kid? Go back to 85 and just say, hey, I'm from the future, Joseph. This is what you got. Yeah, no, I, I there's
1: a part of me that I would have thought that it was impossibly advanced. And then there's a part of me that just feels like, I don't know, it was sort of like the promise of what was coming, right? Like yeah. uh, 80s was such a time of... Um, tech excitement not a little bit of a future dystopia storytelling but Mm -hmm. all the but the dystopia was also always with the promise that it's partially because the tech has gotten better yeah
2: Yeah. so i
1: think there's a part of me that would just be like ah finally they hurried up and did it they cracked the code you can plug your brain into a computer and then everything looks like real life like which i know is not the exact tech but like for me as a kid thinking like, okay, you put on this helmet and then it looks like they're your hands and you have two blasters and it looks pretty realistic. I would have just been like, uh, the future that has been promised to me has gotten here so much quicker than yeah. I thought it would.
4: <laughs> I actually lo- really love that angle. I-, I really love what you're saying there. I, 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 I dreamed up a lot of kind of games, including, you know, I get a, you know, everyone hears I make jokes about playing MLB the show, which I do the franchise mode, which is this, this highly detailed running of a baseball franchise. And the Madden games have had a lot of sports games have had that. I used to sit down with hardball, which is the most simplistic Commodore 64 classic baseball. And I used to keep all the stats. I used to play create player names and trade them and be like, why can't I have this on a video game? Why do I have to do all the legwork? <laughs> so when it started showing up. It was like, Yeah. This is what I've always wanted. So, yeah, some of the Star Wars stuff, it just make yeah, it would make sense, especially from a Star Wars fan perspective growing up uh, in in that uh, promise of the 80s, prom, promise of moving beyond Pac-Man. Because uh, of the Return of the Jedi arcade game, which was hard for me to find. Uh, the classic New Hope one you could find real easily and you can st- still can at classic uh, GameSpots. The Return yeah. of the Jedi one was a little harder for me to find as a kid. And I remember seeing it because it had the scroller. It was a f- side scroller. Kind of at an angle, but it was a little more 3D, three a little more robust. Looked great, right? No, yeah. No, no longer wires. And, like, yeah, it was like, yeah, finally, this is what we need.
1: Yeah, no, I remember being, uh, not having a lot of experiences with that one because mm-hmm. our, our arcade trips were very limited. You know, we did not, uh, we were not rolling in quarters, so I wasn't yes. the kind of kid who got to, like, spend enough money to get good, right? Yep. Uh, and I kind of didn't care for some games. Uh, but then Return of the Jedi, I think I really, remembered having the fantasy of like, I want to be Imagine that I would be great if I had a speeder bike and I was in the forest, I could totally do that. Mm. And I remember kind of not liking the video game immediately robbing me of that assumption.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. Yeah, no, it was hard. I no, Yeah. Yeah. That's all that, all that time spent practicing on that palm tree in my backyard, piling in a speeder <laughs> bike, nothing for that game.
1: Yeah. And I think for a long, long time, the thing that I really would fantasize about is is a thing that we now have had in many different video games of that first person perspective of a lightsaber, right? But mm-hmm. you have to practice and you have to get good at it. And that for me is always the balance of video games of the, yeah, you want them to be challenging, but you have to be able to get to a point where you're good enough that you can kind of fulfill the fantasy or it's just frustrating, you know?
4: Yeah, 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 exactly. You're not, you're not the cool Jedi. We all thought we were um, <laughs> exactly. a question here. Did you ever dream up a star Wars game as a kid, like specific? Did you ever do that? Like, I, I I'm not, yeah, it's not a joke. No one thinks I'm a joke. but like, I used to like pound the, the, my school desk asking why, why can't I can't have a baseball management simulating game, uh, which is also, I wasn't super popular, I guess. Uh, but do you have any specific star Wars ones that you remember?
1: No, I think I just wanted, um, there to be more Star Wars video games. Like, uh, th- the main one I remembered is my grandmother for Christmas one year got my brother and I, these like little small arcade, plug them into the wall. Uh, and they just played one game. Uh, I think my brother got Pac-Man and I got Donkey Kong and you know, it was, it was just like a high score thing. You couldn't beat it. Right. Um, And the main thing I fantasized about is that you could play that as a Star Wars character. (laughs) Nice. Because I would have times where I'd be, I actually had a couple play sessions where, like, I wanted to play with my action figures, but I also wanted to play that video game. But I didn't want to leave the fantasy, so I imagined that the uh, uh, Emperor had turned Luke into Mario. (laughs) (laughs) And I was pretending it it was actually Luke in disguise as Mario in the Donkey Kong video game.
4: I love that. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. we need that. Fan, yeah, visual, some fan art of that one.
1: Yeah. So now I need that to be a reality. How about you? Did you have specific? Were you, were you uh, daydreaming that you were a video game where you were Job of the Hut and you were just managing bounties?
4: I think a little bit. I, it, it, it's so weird because I I certainly had experiences as, as like a, a manager, a, a boss man kind of character in my own life, but I kind of hated it. Right. So I don't know why I get this uh, weird obsession with managing things. Um, I definitely, I, I, I know I've mentioned probably long ago, but there was a, a NASA game that I played on my Commodore 64 where you literally managed missions and had to hire the right researchers and scientists and launch shuttles and take your little EVA pods out and the, the astronauts could die if you left them up there too long. And it was tra- like, it would just list dead next to their name on your roster of players. It was pretty traumatic for a 10 year old to try to manage a NASA space program. So I think naturally I I just, I would carry that over to how could you do that to, to it with star Wars and a little bit later with the explosion of like the command and conquer age of empire type games. I wanted star Wars ones and they eventually kind of got those. So I never really, actually played those um I, I wasn't playing love Star Wars games at the time so yeah I think I, in the 80s on my Commodore 64 as I'm launching space shuttles into the into the you know trying to get up up there to the moon or to the space station I was building I would love to do this with uh, maybe like uh, uh I guess the Death Star which is I guess I would have to try to destroy it from within now but <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i mean it it is really amazing to just see the different kinds of experiences uh that star wars gamers can have and Mm -hmm. i just wanted any star wars experience you know if people want to google what the uh original not the super star wars but just star wars for uh the original nintendo what that looked like the nes uh those graphics even at the time are like this was kind of fighting me and and feeling like i'm cool
4: but i don't care it's star wars (laughs) right star wars it's star wars uh, well, there you go. Those are our thoughts after seeing Galaxy's Edge last call, which looks great. Uh, We're not downplaying uh, the coolest of the game at all. In fact, it just got me thinking of this cool VR game, which you go around, but two, I'm almost overlooking it because we are blessed with just so many wonderful games <laughs> anywhere you turn, whether it's a cowboy game, baseball game, or Battlefront 2 or Squadrons, which we still enjoy, so uh if you play that game let us know let us know what your thoughts are there uh we have got an excerpt from star wars life day treasury this is a holiday story it's not that comic that's coming out this is the the other book on its way september 7th and this uh, they uh, released a little story here Uh, two friends on the opposite sides of the war thoughts on this story joseph yeah, no,
1: I really really like this excerpt. Uh in some ways it was exactly the kind of story um that I was expecting and hoping for mm-hmm. of something that very much feels utterly immersed in Star Wars, uh but is taking these just general feelings of the uh the wintertime holiday and the the i those feelings of uh, tradition and renewal during the dark time of the of the year and really bringing them to light i thought this story was fascinating because it it has this just really directly evoking uh you know the true story of the christmas truce of 1914 in world war one that there's been lots of uh storytelling about popped up in a lot of places popped up you know relatively recently in the last couple of years in a great doctor who story uh so it was really fun to see that idea brought to uh, Star Wars of you know, what if two friends uh in this instance a rebel and a stormtrooper uh from the past could could find a way to reconnect uh through hol- through the magic of holidays which sounds insincere but I think really works well.
4: Yeah. It does and it, it really does and yeah drawn from real life uh, works really well when you especially when you put in the backdrop of, of the galactic civil war and and i I, I got to be honest, uh, my I, I was doing the scroll on StarWars.com and I, and I saw the headline. I just kind of did the, yeah, yeah. yeah let, me, let me read real quick here. And I, I overlooked that it was a stormtrooper and, and a rebel soldier. I just don't, I, I assume maybe it was First Order or something later, which wouldn't make it any less impactful. But there was something interesting to me about going right to the heart of uh, what I uh, was obsessed with growing up, which was the Battle of uh, the Rebellion versus the Empire. And doing this thing that we we talk a lot about in, in modern Star Wars of, uh, you know, people on both sides, and necessarily heroes on both sides, but people and, 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 and beans on both sides of this conflict and playing with a lot of that um, and and finding just uh, something special, something sweet, really holiday overtones, like you said, it really worked in that regard. And I just like, I don't know, there's something to me that's interesting now, looking back, just when I think, I don't know, is there any more we could dig into in the Galactics of War? Just having this, nice little story of two friends connected to Alderon. That uh, was yeah. pretty powerful.
1: I think that's what really drew me in of of I think so far from what we can see for the story it, it is a solid beautiful story of, you know, uh, peace winning out even for just a moment in the middle of a dark conflict. That's great. Uh but for the star warsness of it, I loved um for the galactic civil war, um I I just I'm still interested in hearing stories of ongoing combat of war, right? Because we know the big story, the big battles. Um, I know there's uh, some stories that, that we still haven't got to because we're trying to read everything that first, uh, you know, battlefront book I know is a little bit more about, you know, warriors in, in the trenches. But I'm still really happy to, that this story starts out with is like, well, we've been dug in the rebel in the empires uh, on this one planet. And I just am still kind of hungry for those kind of stories. And then I I just really love that it was really digging into they're from Alderon mm. but not just it's using the 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 darkness of that right the horror of that uh, the fact that it was destroyed but I love stuff that doesn't just only sit on the horror of the loss the destruction of Alderon but digs into the culture or even like the environment I love that that these people are thinking about like yeah it's no we're really used to that because that's the actual. Right. Part of the environment of Alderon, you know, and getting into this specific Alderon tradition of a uh, holiday of Winter's Heart. I love getting into the reality and the culture of Alderon.
4: Yeah, and and taking it with you. Uh, uh, the great lines here of these two characters, Max and Rel, looking back on uh, the, what's Winter's Heart and the, the games and everything they used to experience as kids, and how uh, out here on the edge of nowhere, this is how we mark Winter's Heart and remember uh, beautiful, sweet. Uh, kind of reflection, bittersweet, I guess I should say there. So this is, of course, written uh, George Mann and Kevin Scott uh, writing a lot of these stories. And you know, I, I I I haven't you know really looked in into these books, the ones that have come up before. Uh, and this one kind of made me go, uh, I should pay more attention to these nice, sweet Star Wars storytelling here.
1: Yeah, no, it, this is uh this is just a, our old enemy time. I actually have uh, copies uh, or a copy of the. Uh, I think it, uh, it's a, uh, a compilation of both the uh, first book that George Mann did of the fantasies and then the, the dark fantasies. So uh, it, it's sitting in here in my pile and I look at it and I dream. <laughs> so I really want to really want to check those out. I think this one, because it's tied to Life Day, I think uh, is maybe even more of a priority for me. So uh, I'm definitely going to get a copy of this book and get us copies of this book, Ken. Uh, but this might be controversial. I'm going to lay this out for you and see what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's coming out very soon, uh, but uh, I'm not reading it until Halloween is over. Cause for me, <laughs> I like to give my, my holiday time some space. I'm a big Halloween fan for me. Uh, the festive winter times happen after Halloween.
4: I agree with that. We will, maybe we'll dive in on our life day episode. <laughs> We'll do that. <laughs> crack
1: this open on november 1st
4: <laughs> fair enough uh the book does come out today september 7th if you're listening on day of release you can check it on out of course uh star wars uh, life day treasury holiday stories from a galaxy far far away is the name of that so that is the quick look at star wars news before we take a quick break and get on to the questions we're gonna have a force center recommends an audio book we think you should try out on us joseph what do we have today
1: we are recommending out of the shadows by justina ireland it is the next book in the high republic series and we are going to be reading it and discussing it very soon so if you want to get caught up and you prefer to listen to audiobooks you can check it out
4: check it out indeed and do so on us by downloading your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com/4center again that's audibletrial.com/4center for your free audiobook all right quick break and the other side your questions here on 4center we mm-hmm. Welcome back to Force Center. We've taken a look at the news. That means it's time contractually for us to get to the cues. Just what do we have?
1: <laughs> Here are contractual questions. Who knows what will happen to us if we don't answer, so we better get to it. Uh, we have two questions, as always, from Twitter and two questions from our patrons on Patreon. We start with Twitter. We're going to Michael Gibbons. Michael says, hi, everyone. Do you think non-human species carry resentment towards humans? Humanity seems to be the cause of so many of the galaxy's problems. Mm. Palpatine, Mandalorians, Dooku, a clone army, the whole Skywalker clan. I can imagine humans not being welcome in some certain cantinas. (laughs) Uh, This is really great because we have, Ken, uh, discussed uh, a little bit of the ongoing Star Wars story, which has really been supplemented in recent novels uh, that... There is a, a, a perspective of, from the Empire being kind of speciest, right, of mm-hmm. uh, preferring humans, and Thrawn is really only around because Palpatine wants a specific thing for him, and Thrawn has proved himself, but for the most part, it's, it's humans, right? Mm-hmm. And there's even, uh, I was trying to remember this passage, so I was able to track it down on old Wikipedia, it is from Rebel Rising. Uh, and Jin actually has a conversation with a character named Berta, who is a rebel engineer, who is a, the species Krish, uh, about how humans have spread everywhere in the galaxy. I want to read this dialogue real quick. Sure. Uh, Jin says, some people consider this a skill. Humans adapt. Got mountains? Build ridge crawlers. Too much water? Build uh, scub subs. An ice planet? Use radiated egarts. People adapt. Berta replies, yes, but should they? Either humans adapt, or they force the planet to adapt to them. This is not normal. Uh, so I, it was great that there's perspective of the fact that yeah, there are humans everywhere in the galaxy. Uh, I believe Wikipedia said they are the plurality, not the majority, but the plurality. Uh, and this idea that they've spread out everywhere, and there are some uh, people like this character Berta who's like, maybe you shouldn't be so damn spread out. Maybe everything doesn't need to be about you, humans. So I think Michael's really onto something. To look up at it, look at it from this perspective. If there are any species, are like, hey, wait, humans are really causing a lot of problems, and we got some resentment. What are your thoughts there?
4: Uh, look, this is Star Wars Episode Ten, the uh, the, the, <laughs> the species wars. It's not going to be <laughs> controversial at all. Um, no, I, I I love this because I think we also see growing tension between droids and and, and all the other yes. species and uh, out there that's popped up a lot. And there's something about that. I, I really think you can mine this even more. And you know, you look back the, the Nile is a is a collection of of many types of folks, uh, you know, marauding around the galaxy. So you could, I guess, look at it from that perspective. But in terms of some of the things that Michael's listed here, I would love to see some of those conversations. Uh, I would love to to see. You know, is there? I guess. Oh God, I am not as uh, wise as you. I didn't pull this out ahead of time. Isn't there, isn't there some spot in modern Star Wars storytelling where they kind of bring up, um, that it was the humans stepping, not stepping up, but just like new hope or the battle of Yavin, clearly mostly human. if you watch that movie, probably because of budget reasons, uh, but trying to in story, answer it like, Hey, they did that. Uh, but was it out of guilt? You know, I, I know I'm, I'm speak I'm really paraphrasing where, where I'm trying to remember that came from.
1: Yeah yeah i don't remember that exactly there, there have been so many great just as you're reading the stories there and you get to go into characters heads there are characters who are kind of wrestling with these kind of things yeah and, and i yeah. do remember something about that kind of trying to recontextualize the fact that the the rebellion is made up of many different groups but in a new hope we do see mostly humans flying yeah all and, humans flying
4: yeah and I, i'm very being very clumsy and trying to recall and explain that um but yeah I, I, point being I, I think michael you're right i would love to I think there would be some resentment in some corners. And I think there would be uh, uh, even an era of, uh, uh, you know, a certain, you know, non-human species say, feeling they're better, you know, that they, they adaption. I have six eyes. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? And <laughs> it's some kind of tension there. And then you could explore it in many different ways. Some of it may be more direct comparisons to things in our, in our world, other things, just that you could add into you have fun with it almost and, and explain the differences. So I, I, I imagine I'd love to see those cantinas.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be great I love that what you're talking about is exploring it in lots of different ways. Michael's got this great direct question about resentment, but, you know, we get that tidbit in Phantom Menace that Anakin is, you know, one of the only humans who can pod race because he's right. force sensitive. So you get the, the the thought that, well, maybe other force sensitive ones do, but like, are there other activities? Because like, yeah, no, uh, no offense humans, but this is an activity for people with three eyes or more, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, that would be really interesting to see like humans kind of having to take a back seat because like I, we, physically physically can't do this yeah um directly to michael's question i think there's some great storytelling possibility with uh the the twilex like mm. that some twilex would really say like look it's not just that our planet has been caught up in all these wars It these wars that you track them down and they they have been you know started facilitated by human leadership and that would be a really interesting story if there was sort of like extremist twilex you know
4: yeah Absolutely. I, th- I think it could work. And, and, uh, and you know, are, are the human species, uh, you know, are, do they take that, uh, you know, three arms are, or, or more, uh, you know, edict, uh, wrong. And, and does that drive some, some to acts of violence or, uh, power and control that, uh, are not healthy? You know, there's a lot of ways to, to, to look at it. I,
1: I yeah, absolutely. And then to, for, um, for the cantina question, uh, I'm sure there might have, you could have some storytelling where people are just like, no, yeah, this is a Twilight bar and uh, we don't like humans for these th- reasons. Yeah. But I think it would be really cool to have like a um, uh, Keldor, which is what Plokun is, like a, a Keldor cantina, you know, and have a story where like the humans need to go to the Keldor cantina and the Keldors are like, yeah, fine, but uh, we have our atmosphere in <laughs> our cantina. Yeah. <laughs> you put on a mask if you want to come in
4: yeah no right I mean that's how we look at star wars right uh, what's that mask oh they can't uh, they can't breathe in our uh, uh atmosphere that that's i would love to see that reversed even just I don't want to downplay it as just a comedy beat, but even in that I take it <laughs> just starting a bigger conversation with you know. Uh, uh, a Plo Koon going, oh, you can't, Kedobi having trouble breathing?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it would just, it, even if it wasn't like a moment of conflict, if it was just a, you know, a little bit more of, because totally understandably, there are some jokes, especially in the original trilogy that are, that are a little bit like humans are normal and the aliens are weird, which is yeah. fine because that we, we were looking at that at the time in a different light, I think. Yeah. Uh, but as we, you know, evolve and Star Wars can mean more things and reflect more things, it'd be a cool scene of just like, now we got to mask up for the Keldor bar.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Daniel Jose Older touched on, uh, you know, the treatment of the Gungans and the stereotypes of the, the Gungans' face and the uh, last shot. Like, stuff like that is there, does exist, but uh, you could explore it even more. Yeah. Great stuff.
1: Yeah 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 absolutely great question moving on to our next question from mike fink mike says master scrimshaw and nabsock that that's very nice Mm uh with the spinoffs coming to disney plus uh there hasn't been talk about finn after a sequel trilogy rewatch he's my fave sequel character can you contemplate and investigate what his spinoff would be like so much to explore in my opinion finn i like that uh now I have to also add that when Mike uh, tweeted this question, he immediately uh, replied because there are rumors <laughs> about uh, a, of a Disney plus show. We're not really covering it in news because it's, total uh rumorville right now Mm -hmm. uh but uh, mike acknowledged that there are indeed rumors of it and felt that he is perhaps uh in touch with the force which i agree with so uh rumors true or not let's uh let's forget that and just think about what
4: a fin disney plus show might be like what would we want ken Uh, I'm stumbling because I actually got to tell you, I got, I did see that rumor and it's, it's based on no, I have no plot. No, I didn't click on the story past the title there, but that JD Dillard project, uh, they're saying that maybe that would be the one get unfounded to to the full definition of unfounded. Uh, But when I saw that, Joseph, I got excited. Uh, Just I'm like, wow, that could kind of work. Then I was like, okay, what does that mean? So Mike, you're asking what I've been asking myself here for a couple (laughs) of weeks. Um, there's some, Joseph, if, if it's post nine, everyone's going to focus on the the potential Jedi side or force side of Finn. And I would want that there. I would, I, I would quite frankly need that there. But I, I don't. And and we see the, the the Lego holiday special. We saw a little bit of Ray and Finn in the training. Love that. But I'd love to maybe move past that and not to just completely repeat the cycle of storytelling, but following the fall of the final order and slash the first order. I imagine you're going to have not necessarily pockets of stormtroopers resisting, say like we're dealing with in Mandalorian, but you might have a lot of people similar to to uh, at the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker with with uh, Janna and uh, Lando of just a lot of a lot of First Order people not knowing who they are, uh, mm-hmm. not knowing where they came from, and trying to deal with that and trying to Finn's got this really clear f- idea of hey, it was a feeling that I acted on. We all kind of do that, and I think that's. What's there with, with Janet, and that's why I love the Orback scene and the charging and BB-8 and all that great stuff. I think it's a powerful moment. So I, I would want it to there. Not, a, not that I need it to be uh, Finn's traveling salvation show where he's going around and trying to make everyone feel good about the new place in the galaxy. But that's kind of the theme I'd want, taking all yeah. of his, his experiences and moving forward with it. That That's kind of where I go to
1: very similar places of, mm-hmm. you know, what is his challenge? What is he trying to accomplish? How will that uh, cause him to grow even more from where we left him off in the sequel trilogy? And I think mm-hmm. he has clearly uh, kind of always been, it's a part of his character to me, that he is somebody who uh, wants to help. He wants to bring people together, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and his abilities in the forest seem to be very intuitive. So it would make a lot of sense to me if he was like, uh i want to find pockets of first order you know survivors holdouts whatever they are and and offer them this choice of like we're not going to let you start up the first order but let me help you out you know do you want to do you want to you know reflect on on what you got sucked up into and maybe it wasn't really your fault you didn't you got taken as a kid you didn't know what you were joining you got all of this um Mm-hmm. you know, propaganda, uh, and lies told you, and this is your opportunity to make a different choice. You know, yeah. that would be really, really interesting to me of like, can I, can I help you? Can I bring you into this new society we're building? Um, or is it going to be an unfortunate conflict? That would be yeah. really fascinating to me. The other thing that you were talking about, which I really like is, uh, I, I totally understand people who, uh, wanted to see if Finn was going to be Force-sensitive, let's get that lightsaber blazing in his hand on the screen in Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Totally understand where those feelings come from. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. But I also like that Finn seems to have a kind of a different and unique connection to the Force and one that he's really comfortable with and makes sense for him. So I would be fascinated with a story where, like, we know that Ray gave him some of the basics, right? You know, maybe he even does have a saber, but however you want to explore it that he's on his own journey with the Force to discover what it means to him and how he uses it, you know?
4: Yeah. That's really interesting to me. There's so yeah, I I if this if this were to happen, I would want to see Jedi Finn with a lightsaber and a robe or something like typical, right? Uh, just to have that feel cuz I I I do understand uh where people feel, you know, a little... Felt it was fell short for them, and some of the stuff in episode nine. I, I, I get that, but I I really am reacting to what you're saying, Joseph. Of how could he take that that the typical side lightsabers, force, moving objects, moving rocks, and then combine it with what we kind of already got with him, which I love is this this force, the force is everywhere type of thing. And yeah, I'm sending Finn on a missionary mission. I, I, to be clear and be careful, you know, I'm not saying like he's going to go out and convert the world, but if if as he's talking to these people and and how you and I sometimes react to, hey, the light and dark is sometimes in your all your choices, and it's down to a micro level, and it's not always about the, the red sabers and whatnot. If Finn could be like, this was my journey, exactly what you're saying here. This is what I felt. And I made these choices. I, I, I didn't want to pull the trigger on that villager. That was my choice, but it came from here, and I, you know, blah, 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 and, and destiny rolls out bit by bit, not in a giant path. I could be really moved by that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I just really, um, again, with with all understanding to people's frustration, I really like just how at at peace he seems with the idea of my connection to the Force is about intuition, about just really listening to my instincts, right, and and having that even enhanced by being connected to a larger thing. So to me, there's just an idea of fun, like literally in action scenes and in in powers that he develops, like that are totally intuition forward right
4: mm-hmm.
1: of like he's in a battle I'm like i'm gonna push that rock i don't know why <laughs> yeah. you know and it but it ends up where it needs to be kind of thing like really exploring that perspective would be fascinating to me mm.
4: yeah there's yeah. something there. there's something there. yeah
1: last big thing you know one of my favorite beats in in rise of skywalker is that great moment where uh lando wants to help janna find out where she's been you know where, where she comes from Mm-hmm. uh not where she's been where she comes from um it, and it's it's about uh, jana it's about lando but it is about that whole idea of everyone from the first order who who was taken when they were young right um so it wouldn't that's that's a great moment but i also feel like um for if finn had his own show that for me is like one of the obvious things to explore yeah not necessarily him going I'm going to go discover where I'm from, but if he's out doing something proactive, because that kind of feels where where he left off of, he wants to keep moving and help people. But in the journey, he discovers where he's truly from and that gives him some sort of conflict. That would be great too.
4: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 I guess, I guess you still need conflict in storytelling, right? you can't just have a (laughs) seven part series of Finn sits down and, uh, teaches everyone about how to pray in the forest. I, I, I,
1: I'm, I'm sure people would be upset. I, I would watch at least three hours of just Vin meditates myself personally, but I, I understand yeah. uh, great question. Mike Fink very, very excited to simply uh, wait And uh, and let the Force and Lucasfilm uh, reveal the truth of if there's going to be a Finn show. But for now, we're going to move on to our questions uh, from our patrons on Patreon. We got one from Big Lou. Big Lou says, hey, fellas, Big Lou here. And I got a question having to do with Star Wars Visions, specifically the fact that it's the first non-English language Star Wars production. The trailer looks amazing and I can't wait to see it. I am planning on watching the English language version of this show because for me, I find closed caption subtitles very distracting and they really take me out of a show movie and I end up just reading the text on the screen and I miss out on the stunning visuals. I have no doubt at some point after several watches, I will watch it in its original Japanese was curious what you guys' thoughts were on this, in which you thought was a bigger trade-off, original language with subtitles but potential to miss visuals or English-language dialogue but miss out on the inflections and tone of performance from a native speaker in a language the script was written in. This is a great question. It's got me even more excited about watching Visions uh, multiple different ways. So where do you go with this, Ken?
4: First of all, Big Lou, what's up, my friend? Uh, He's uh, he's a great cat there. Uh, Man, this is... uh... I hadn't really stopped to think about this. I just not for any reason related to visions, but just life's moving really fast. And I was like, all right, visions is going to come out, and I'll sit down and watch it. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna aim for both. And my first viewing would probably be the the uh, English language version, only just to make sure I've got my footing on what I'm watching. But mm-hmm. I, I think it. I think I owe it to this amazing project to to watch both. You, you know, does that make sense? Like to take absolutely. It in? Um, and, uh, I, I, subtitles, you know, some bother some, uh, you know, I, I don't always gravitate to them, but I mean, Grace watches every show that's a Spanish heist shows or French true crime dramas. So it, <laughs> it, she, she almost watches no English language shows. So it's, uh, more than possible, uh, on the, based on individual tastes, but yeah, I just, uh, I hadn't stopped to think of that, Which maybe I'm, I don't know, I'm slightly embarrassed. I hadn't stopped to think about that until big Lou asked me. So I'm going to make a point to watch both. Yeah.
1: I am really glad that big Lou brought this up because it is going to make me schedule even more time, uh, for, for watching visions. That trailer looks amazing. I'm very excited to watch it. Um, and I think this is probably a a familiar question for uh, people of of, uh, a different generation or different fandoms. This is an anime question, right. Of the, uh, the dubs or subs. Um, and I'm not a huge anime person, uh, but generally I have watched the English English language dubs because I just do want to start from that that point of kind of processing the story in in the way that I primarily know. Uh, but then I have ha- watched some where either they're not available or whatever, and it is it's really truly great to hear like the the rhythm of it, the art of it. What does it truly sound like in the culture that it is from? Like like Lou is saying. So for Visions, I think I really do want to watch both because I think they'll they'll I'll get something from both of them. And then it's also fun to compare too, especially it sounds like in the uh, English language uh, dubs, there's a lot of performers that we're going to be familiar with. Right. Right. And they're probably going to be a lot of like rhythms and tones of this is what a dark sider sounds like, or what this is what a, you know, an enthusiastic young person sounds like in, in star Wars. So to be able to just kind of have the fun of comparing how these, knowing what the energy and attitude of a character performance is, and then just, uh, experiencing how it's expressed in different languages is really, really cool. And and I think this is what you were saying. I think the fact that Visions is a journey in this uh, completing the circle, right? That Star Wars was so inspired uh, by this culture. So now this culture is creating their own Star Wars stories that for me, it feels even more like, okay, then I really want to experience it as this culture created it.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, I think then the other thing for me that's fascinating about this is um, I used to really feel like, like, uh, like Lou and get a little distracted by closed caption subtitles and felt like, you know, I was staring at them and missing visuals. Um, but I've been watching more things with captions uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, for just like Disney Plus available on my computer for studying for trivia to just see the words or uh, wanting to make sure I don't miss a uh you know, thing happening in the background or closed caption uh, is great for when you want to take a screen capture for <laughs> advertising one of our, our shows, uh, our podcast show. So I've been watching with captions for lots of reasons, including the ongoing thing where it feels like a lot of uh, shows and movies are not mixed for home viewing, where the dialogue is quiet and the music will suddenly give you a heart attack. Right. Yeah. So like, there's some things I watch uh, late at night after my wife has gone to bed and just like, I just got to keep the volume real low and I got to go with captions. So with all that caption time for me, I've gotten a little bit more used to it. And I've been become a little bit more fascinated that I price, I process the dialogue and almost remember it more when I can read it, when I can see it, when I have this kind of different relationship with it.
4: And if I had done that, I might've answered some quote questions, right. And still be competing in a trivia <laughs> contest. game show. Um, yeah, no, but I'm I'm waiting to do. I I get. It. I like it. it's. Um, I think sometimes, maybe just speaking for myself, definitely not you, but it's like uh, if I'm like want if I want to admit that I don't know subtitles kind of distract me. I feel like I'm admitting I'm dumb or something or not cultured. I don't. I don't like them subtitles, and that's not true. And that's not the case. There's a lot of different reasons why you might not like them or might not gravitate to them. And I think Lou's showing some good examples. Uh, which is why I think, hey, for this project, uh, this this one, I think how how you want to take it in. Uh, I think you're still showing respect to a great Star Wars project and a and a wonderful uh, group of people and a culture paying respects to this thing, uh, this circle of Star Wars influence. I, I think either way is going to be fine. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely going to going to make sure, like you said, Joseph, schedule time for both.
1: Yeah, schedule time for both. And the good thing about Disney Plus is I think the closed captions, the subtitles experience changes massively based on how well they're placed and what size the font is and how obtrusive it is. And I feel like Disney Plus is great. Like uh, when I watch things, just I have spectrum cable. And when I have to just turn on my spectrum, it's so big and so goony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's over people's forehead. Sometimes it's, it's garbage compared to Disney Plus. So uh, at least we have that going for us.
4: Hey, hey, there you go.
1: Uh, All right, we're going to move on to our final question from our patron on Patreon, Chris Martinez. Chris says, hello, Force Center. I have just recently begun my first year of teaching. The kids are wonderful and amazing, and I'm having a great time. However, I often get frustrated and upset when the class gets too loud or when I feel like I've lost control of the class. What lessons or quotes from Star Wars should I remember the next time a bunch of sixth graders are acting up? Thanks for everything, and may the Force be with you. This is an amazing challenge, Ken. What do you got for Chris?
4: I mean, if you're if you don't at one point say, Liam, the shades, what are you even doing? Here? <laughs> what are you even doing here? You
1: don't, you don't even need shades or a kid named Liam. Just yeah. say Liam, the shades
4: or, or just uh, Staddy, Staddy Now, uh, I, uh, I I think I keep we keep bringing this one up a lot because it's, it's 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 Qui-Gon going to the, going to his uh, knees to to just kind of meditate, and we, you and I for, have brought this up a lot. It's one of our favorite moments. It it it, it and you know we make even jokes about it. he's doing that to go to his death. All kind like of stuff. Put the put that all aside, Chris. There's something so powerful. Just in that chaos, silence is louder than all of it. And <laughs> centering yourself and making the class just kind of refocus on its own. Letting the force do its magic as you just kind of center and 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 find the control right there in the silence.
1: I think that's so great because it, it, it that moment is just about Qui-Gon saying, what do I need? You know, what is best in this moment is like, uh, I know that I need to take these actions. I need to, you know, be swinging, moving fast, uh, engaged in conflict. But I don't need that conflict to be in my soul, you know?
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, which is so great, so great. Uh, so, a couple quotes, a couple ideas that came to me is, uh, I, I think a an under-discussed quote is, uh, Padme's great advice to be angry is to be human. This is from, you know, Attack mm-hmm. the Clones. Uh, it's uh, understandable that people might get distracted from that quote because there's kind of a lot going on there with Anakin in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that quote because I think it is one of those moments where I think Padme is often set up as having a, a little bit more healthy Wisdom than the Jedi do at the time.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think, you know, Anakin hears from other people just like Jedi don't get angry. And that's what he's hung up on of like, I, 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 I but I'm a Jedi, I shouldn't get angry. And I think what Padme is saying to him in, in, I find it very helpful, is that the goal isn't to just not be angry, right? Because we're going to get angry. The goal is to accept it and then don't let it control you, right? Yeah. And to just acknowledge, I'm angry, but now how do I choose to. Do I lash out with that anger or do I choose to find a way through it?
4: Choices, big choices. And, and you know, this is also to not understand subtitles is natural. You must <laughs> to work beyond that. Yeah. Uh, but you're so yeah. you're so right. You're so right. And I think uh, I think, Chris, you know, we all grow up and look at it as, as, as teachers. They're 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 one of the listed ones you're supposed to trust. <laughs> right. That's what you're told. Find a teacher, tell them. And that's not always the case. And teachers are human. So I think Joseph's speaking some Padme truth here.
1: Yeah. To be angry is to be human, especially if sixth graders are are being real difficult. Uh, I got a I got a couple more Ken. Yeah. Uh, I liked uh, I like Obi Wan's line to Yoda in Empire Strikes Back of uh, "Was I any different when you taught me?" I think that one would help me. I, I have done some uh, teaching, nowhere near what what Chris is talking about of being a full time teacher, uh, but I think for me the times that I have uh, been in teaching situations, it's helped me to go okay um i i behaved like this then too <laughs> and, right and just be like come on this is the, this is the natural cycle of youth and age you know up to a point
4: I, you you're making me recall something I, I i would every once in a while teach improv way back then like 15 20 years ago and i would go around to like junior highs my old junior highs i remember i lost is valley college in la teaching like some a high school improv class but like ninth graders oof <laughs> And I remember just at one point standing in front of the class and just laughing and being like, oh, yeah, all right, you got none of you want this. OK, I understand. And just <laughs> having to release, release the not control of the class, but just release the we are not here to learn. I get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, final one for me is I, I always like Yoda's line when Luke is asking how he's going to know the dark side from the light, which I feel like as an you know analogy you can just be like, how am I going to know when I'm making a choice from a, a place of wisdom or i'm making a, a choice from a place of anger and yoda says you will know when you are calm at peace passive yeah. um and and i don't ever take passive to mean like none of this is my problem i'm just gonna zone out
4: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you kids do whatever you want but in your own soul right saying yeah. ah, i recognize this isn't about me in this moment exactly that's you know yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. uh Final bit of advice, Ken, is is one that I think uh, you have brought up in, in a specific context, but I want to bring it up in a, in a slightly different way. I feel like humor helps, too, right? Always when you're when you're stressed. So I think if I was trying to think of a Star Wars thing when I was getting really upset in a situation like this, I might just picture myself as Luke on the island having just walked away from everything. <laughs>
4: Can teachers drink in <laughs> classrooms? I I don't know if that's allowed anymore. Or uh, yeah, I, I would do that.
1: Green green milk, yeah, green Yeah,
4: milk yeah sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just chug some green milk at them and just think I'm gonna go to an island. <laughs> this is all gonna be behind me. Need to get away. Grab your green milk. Get exactly. Uh, so unless you have any other thoughts, Ken, those are our questions.
4: No, Chris, uh, hang in there. You're doing you're doing the forces work. Uh, <laughs> exactly. No, that's good. That's a look at our Star Wars questions. Big ones today. Chris, Big Lou. Ah, man. Love them. Mike and Michael. Good stuff, Joseph. Yeah, absolutely. All great stuff. So uh, we are about to sign out here on Force Center 355 of the Big Show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. There's uh, a lot of places you can find us, including on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Uh, use the hashtag four Center If you want to join the conversation We're on Instagram, YouTube as well Facebook page is Force Center Podcast We're available on a lot of different spots Including Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Spotify Merch is available at tpublic.com Slash user slash Force Center And you can support us directly at Patreon.com slash Center Just want to acknowledge uh, I'm, I'm in charge of getting the exclusive Episode 1000 posters out uh, An unforeseen family issue Kind of delayed me uh, even getting the uh, envelopes to mail them out. Uh, So do not worry. Uh, We have that offer still standing. You join Force Center and support or up your support to the top two tiers. All you need to do is one time and you get all those posters. Don't worry. All in place. Well, I promise to y'all, uh, life just kind of got in the way, but I'll be handling the, the business side of that stuff very soon. But you can support us there at patreon.com slash center. You can follow me at Ken or go to com for information on all the things I'm doing, including my new music show, Pop Rocket Radio, over on Cloud. Joseph and I always like to highlight uh, things to help and support. There's, uh, there's a lot going on in the world right now. You could pick one of... 12 places to, <laughs> of trouble. And that's a, that's a small number. Uh, and we get it. We acknowledge it. Um, so I don't have anything specific right now other than uh, look out and find something that your heart is calling you to look into and support. And sometimes in, in a world that can seem overwhelming uh, and seem uh, collapsing around you, no matter where you stand on a lot of things, it can get just get overwhelming. Don't forget a small step by you, Uh, It goes a long way and that step is your step. So find something close to your heart and plug in.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, absolutely wonderful advice Um, for myself. You can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw and all my other comedy adventures are on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. If you want to check out my other podcast obsessed, uh, my wife and I just did a whole episode about our journey into the big trees. And that was a lot of fun. And, not surprisingly, some Star Wars thoughts came up there, too. So if you want to check that out, there's a link to uh, Obsessed on my website, josesgrimshot.com. And the thing that I would like to uh, continue to plug is the governor recall vote in California. This is a big deal that has a lot of potential implications. Uh, and I think it's just really great that everybody in California uh, be aware of it and be aware of their power to vote and use it. The actual uh, vote is September 14th. Uh, But you can mail in your ballot or I believe a lot of early voting sites are open. So as always, whenever a vote comes up, I encourage people to use their power.
4: Hey, and we've been studying in the Clone Wars. Votes are pretty important to the grand story, so. <laughs> I'll go on. Yes, they are. Uh, well said, Joseph. Thank you all for listening today. Thank you all for being patient with our travel. I keep mentioning it because sometimes, you know, when you you're working so hard, and Joseph and I work so hard, sometimes you feel like we're letting people down if we're not there the hour that we normally are, or we're not covering all the news the moment it breaks. Uh, we appreciate you guys just uh, being here on this journey with us. It truly makes the Force Center community what it is. So. For Joseph, for Finn, for the Force, and for all the sixth graders calming down and listening to their teachers. We'll see you next time here on.